Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Dear Ruby. We are going to be bringing you all the questions that people have right now uh, during this really unprecedented time. Everyone being in isolation, social isolation, many people losing their jobs, many people having reduced hours. A lot of new benefits are coming out from the government, emergency benefits, and they are confusing. So with myself and my co-host, Bo Humphreys, we're going to get through some of the things that we've been hearing, and I'm going to talk about some of the questions that I've been getting. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you get some value out of this. And I wanted to ask everyone, how are you doing? I know a lot of people have been asking that on social media, but I genuinely am worried about how people are doing. Uh, financial stress aside, this is a really weird time, and people are very uncomfortable with what situation we might be in and how long we're going to be in it. So I hope you are coping well, you're with loved ones, and that you're feeling optimistic that we're going to come out of this better. Uh, I wanted to bring in Bo Humphreys. Hi, Bo. Hi. How are you doing? You know, that's a good question. I'm, uh, it's it's a, such a weird, weird time right now. Like even just my wife just went to the grocery store um, which is which is an insane experience right now, right? It is. And I mean, the, it feels dystopian when you go to the grocery store these days. Seriously. And we're just asking questions that I never had to ask before. Like, do, uh, should we wash these plastic bags? Uh, like, are, do we wipe everything down? What do we do with the raw vegetables? Like, there's all these questions. Are, like, are we being too paranoid? Is Is that what we're supposed to do? I don't know. That's a lot of questions in the air, as you said. And I think because we are all in this together, that it's a pro and a con. Because when you're going through something, like say you've lost your job, so you're going mm-hmm. through a financial hardship and you reach out to friends, you you know, I often reach out to like my most optimistic friends, my mo- my friends that really build me up. Uh, And they're in their, you know, they're in their world where things aren't affecting them. So they're able to give you advice from a more positive point of view, because they're not necessarily going through financial hardship at that point. But right now, I feel like when you call people and talk to them about how you're feeling, it almost feels selfish, because we're all going through this. So it's really about how are we feeling, not how, how can you help me get through this? How can we help each other get through this? And so it just really changes the dynamic of the conversation, because it's no longer you reaching out to someone saying, I've lost my job, I'm really worried about how I'm going to, you know, support my family going forward, I really don't know how I'm going to find a new job. And then that person will give you some good advice, and you can feel Uh, encouraged by that, go out in the world and try to do something to make things better. But that's not the case right now. No one can give you any advice that you can really proactively put into, uh, put into that you can exercise right away, because all of us are in social isolation, and we're all kind of feeling the same. And so um, I don't know, the misery. We don't know. (laughs) We just don't know, right? That's, that's one of the things, right? If somebody was like, this is September 1st, it all goes back to normal. Right. If somebody we yeah. could plan on that, but we we like right now, especially since it's been really a week, right? Like a week that felt has felt like a year. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I my um sort of uh 
social isolation started the day uh, the kids started March break because we knew yeah. we were in for a three-week haul at that point. And okay, so yeah. really we have been trying since then to create some semblance of normality in the house, some schedule. I know that, you know, I know that Henry's really young right now, but are you doing something with you and your wife to create some sort of schedule so that you can keep in touch with the real world, if that's the only way of putting it, just to, just to feel like you're still kind of operating in a way that you did before all of this started? Well, we're still we're we're still discussing what to do there because he was in daycare, right? And and he he's just walking now, so uh, mostly he was doing what he's doing now and just sitting on the floor playing with stuff and maybe going to maybe going to swing in the park, which uh, of course all the swings are removed and the parks are not accessible. That's what uh, what we saw recently, anyway. But uh, we're thinking of putting something in the backyard, right? Because that's a safe place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for people who have a backyard, that is their saving grace. Like their kids can go out there, they can get fresh air. Parents aren't worried about if anything's got the COVID-19 virus on it. The playgrounds are closed. So if you've got a swing set in the back, that's a massive bonus because kids can use that. Uh, But I really worry about people who are in smaller more smaller situations. Maybe they live downtown Toronto where they live in a condo and they've always just kind of been used to taking their kids to the park down the street and they can't do that. So, um, if you have to use an elevator, yeah, to even get out of your home. Yeah, exactly. I still live on the 24th floor downtown Toronto and there is no way I was taking the stairs. And so you would hope that people would, I'm hearing that people are uh, understanding that like it's two to an elevator and you wait for the next one. But but a lot, not everyone's respecting these sort of new unspoken rules, right? Yeah, I know. There's, uh, you know, someone gave me some really good advice, and they said this is new for everyone, and people's process is different. So the way that we're understanding what's going on around us, even me in the beginning, I was a little like, oh, I could still kind of go into work, I could still kind of do something. Yeah, so right. It just takes time for us to get there. Now I get people saying you got to get there quickly because if we don't all lock down, this is not going to go away. Uh, But give people a little bit of, just give them a little bit of time to understand what is happening because it's happening so fast and not everybody processes news the same way, Uh, whether it be good or bad news. Everyone has their, has their process and they've got to go through it. I think most of us have arrived now at the the point where we need to stay indoors. um, But hopefully Hopefully this this is um, this is this is a message that's getting through. Well, yeah, the the for me, like I w- I jumped the gun a little bit. I was like, as soon as they were like, option to go home if you want to. I'm like, I'll take it, and I'm not going to see clients in person. Mm-hmm. But ev- not everybody was ready for that, and not everybody knew that that was happening. Say the next day, so I was I was even earlier than most at adopting this social isolation, uh, just because when I thought about it, like. I'm like, no, if I don't have to meet with somebody in person, if I can meet them over video, I will. And I think it's probably because I was already meeting with people through video anyway, right, in certain certain situations. So it felt more normalized to me. But I get it. If you've been meeting in person with people for 20 years, it's going to it's gonna seem really strange to you and it's going to have to be a really extreme or you're going to have to be ordered by the government, which is what has happened. Yeah. And I think that we are moving to a point where if people don't, 
start staying home, that there's going to be more extreme measures, which seems really scary for the rest of us, like that we might be stopped on the street and asked where we're going and why we're out. And I, that's what scares me more than anything yeah, else is that that's going to be tough that feeling. So we're talking today, Bo, about all these new emergency benefits that have been brought in by the government. I have been getting questions from, from my social media feed, from my friends, from my family, uh, so a lot of things are happening. One is people, some, some people are just being laid off. So they're laid yeah. off from their job because their company is closed. They've laid them off, which I think um, in many, in many respects is the right thing for companies to do. Lay people off temporarily so they feel safe and they can they'll go ahead and apply for. You can get EI, e- EI like, yeah, like, so it was EI benefits at, at the beginning. What did they say? Oh, the, the, the week delay will be shortened and you'll get them right away. That's what they started to say. And then what happened? A half a million or more people applied for EI in a week? Yeah. So I don't know whether all those, no, a million people. So a million just, people. So put into perspective, oh. uh, one million people the week after everything really got ramped up applied for EI. So that's how many people, if you just put that into perspective, were told by their employer that they don't need them anymore. That's yeah. you know, That's a huge segment of our adult population. Then those people all applied for EI. And if you compare that to regular, you know, on a regular week, 30,000 people usually apply for EI. So it went from 30,000 on average to a million. So, so like a year, a year's worth almost. Right? In a week, exactly. Yeah. And so the government has been unable to obviously process those applications. I think they were able to process 150,000 of those right away. Wow. Um, many. Still, that you know, that's still pretty good, but that's still yeah. about eighty-five percent of people who don't know what's happening. But um, so, if you've been laid off and you have your record of employment and you've got your six hundred hours and all those things that you need in place in order to apply for regular EI, that is going to be your best bet. So you can apply for EI right away. You, usually, you have to wait a week before the benefits before you can apply, and then another week to get the benefits. Now you can apply the day that you're laid off. So there's no delay at all. You just need to get that paperwork. So just make sure that when your employer says to you, "We're laying you off temporarily," that the next thing you say to them is, "I need my record of employment," because okay. that's going to be a very important piece of paper. Um, have you ever been on EI, Bo, in, in the past? No, you know I haven't. I um, I. I just decided I left my last job uh, to go on my own, which of course, uh, you know, didn't me- meant I didn't get anything right or qualify. Um, but uh, yeah, like that, that sounds like the good way to do it. Right. I mean, uh, hopefully nobody's quitting these days. <laughs> Bad idea. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't quit your job if that you know, <laughs> this is not the time to make a big job change, I would think. Um, not that I wouldn't encourage people to do what's best for them if you're in a bad job situation. Yeah, like actually now do. that I say that, that, that if, if people are being forced to stay somewhere, right? Like um, what the, the, Doug Ford even said this, right? Walk off the job site. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, if you don't feel safe because you can't stay six feet away from each other, what the, the medical officials are telling us, if you feel like you're using facilities that are, you know, not being disinfected properly, uh, you can walk off the job site because, you know, construction workers, we think of them as, you know, being the, the toughest of the toughest, but they may have underlying health conditions. They may have it's somebody a, it's a virus. Home. They don't care, right? Exactly. The virus, care. the virus does not care. And they might feel like they can recover, but they might have an immune compromised person at home that would 
would suffer. So it is right. not, it's not um, up to us to decide just because they've called it an essential service that they should stay on the job. And uh, this is another thing, a friend of mine who's a caregiver called me and said that um, they're still asking her to come to watch the children. And mm. she's really uncomfortable, even though she's changed her, uh, changed her uh, method of getting to work. She gets her husband to drive her there rather than taking public transit. Sure. I said to her that I think that what they're asking you to do is putting you in harm's way. And if you are un- feeling unsafe, because she obviously is, because that's why she's talking to me, ask them to temporarily lay you off. There's nothing wrong with that. And then they can, um, after hire you back, once things become a little bit safer. Uh, but if you are in a situation where your employer is saying to you, no, no, you have to come to work, um, this is a time above and beyond any other time that you can say, I don't feel safe. You need to temporarily lay me off. And don't what, what a decision though. What a decision to have to make or to be to what a position to be put in. So big companies, I think, have money and they're able to, you know, uh, make sure that their employees are are protected. They have insurance. It's more people that work um uh for small businesses, or maybe mm-hmm. they have a job cleaning homes, or maybe they have a job nannying, or something where it's not as you know, the person paying you is themselves, you know, probably has a regular job and they pay you out of their salary. Those are the people I think that are the most vulnerable because those people, if they're being asked to work, now have a childcare situation where they need someone to come in and watch their kids. But on top of it, they, you know, they, they, they have to ask you to come in. And so they've got to take chances that way. And so they're not able to ha- say, well, you know what, you just, I'll temporarily lay you off and we'll figure it out. But I, I think that individually, if you are someone who's being asked by someone else to come in and, and do something in their home, and that's your source of income, you should ask them to to temporarily lay you off and then take advantage of those regular EI benefits that, that are available now right away. It's just a cascade, right? Like somebody with a small business, they need you to work so they make money and then you need to work to make money. So yeah, they, I mean, the whole business shuts down. You know, not everybody can afford to do that even for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's why they created this um, this new benefit. Then. Yeah. So the other benefit, if you um, if you are sick with COVID-19 or you're taking care of somebody with COVID-19, you can apply for EI sickness benefits. So you have to specifically fit into that category um, where... E- you you would have to be sick with COVID-19 or taking care of someone to actually apply for that one. It's just like regular EI, but it's just where you're going to tick that box to say okay, why so you are, are off work. That's the second, uh, second option then, um, if it's specifically due to sickness. Yes, exactly. So okay. even if you're, if you work for a company that is still operating, say they're still providing work from home opportunities and, yeah. you know, but for some reason you cannot be, well, not for some reason, because you have COVID-19, you cannot work like you are too sick to work. Then you apply for EI sickness benefits. Um, and if you're taking care of somebody, I think I actually want to take that point away. I believe if you're taking care of somebody, then that's when we go to, which we're going to talk about next. Go to the next one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a good point. I'm that, That's why like, you know, and all, all this changes all the time, right? Like every new information every day, right? Yeah. So last week, so this is going back to the middle of March, they announced these two benefits that were supposed to help people who are supporting those with COVID-19 and also those who are off work because of COVID-19. And then uh, 
they found that it was too confusing. I think they also saw that there was a huge influx of people who applied for EI. And so they yeah, needed the to streamline yeah. it. Overwhelming, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so now they've uh, they've taken those two benefits, which we don't even need to talk about because they don't really apply anymore. And they're calling it the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. And there is so much confusion as to how this works and who actually qualifies for it. Um, so uh, uh, I just wanted to ask from you, Bo, have you even anecdotally been hearing about people asking about these benefits? And, and, and is, is there confusion in, in, in your world about how this works? Well, yeah, because I mean, so the EI still is in place. I mean, you can still apply for EI and a lot of people have. But of course, like like you said, if you're in that 850,000 list of people who I don't know, I don't even know how long it's going to take. Is there any uh, word on how long it will take for theirs to be processed? So for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, uh, that's the, 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 I would call that the last uh, benefit that you should apply for. You should first see if you qualify for the first two. Yeah, um, so, but if you do, right, like it's still going to take a while for them to process your EI claim, right? Yes. So what they are saying is that the applications for those will be available starting in early April. April 6th is the date that I have heard. Okay. And that it will take 10 days for the money to be in your account. Let's see how that goes. For the regular EI benefits, the process is faster. So you apply for it and you should be getting it quicker than um, you would if you have to wait for the emergency response benefit. They so are the new, the new benefit is going to come faster than, no, no, you're saying EI is going to come faster. Well, EI not necessarily is going to come faster. It's just that you can apply for it today. You don't ah, have so to you wait for the application. Yeah. Yes. So it will come faster in that respect because you can go right now online and you can apply for EI benefits if you qualify under all those different different uh if you check all those boxes you got the 600 hours you've got your record of employment you can go i would recommend you do that right away because that's actually more money so just do Um, it no matter do that no matter if you qualify even if you're thinking about this new emergency response benefit too yeah yeah and from what i'm hearing from the government is that if you do apply for ei benefits and you don't qualify they will automatically consider you for the canada emergency response benefit now perfect okay I would still recommend that people, you know, I haven't applied for this, so I don't know exactly how the process works, but I would still recommend that when the application comes out, that you just check the application out in case, you know, you might want to double apply. I don't know if that's going to complicate things. Um, They are also recommending, and this is something that I've talked about for years, is that you get a CRA My Account. It's the most important thing that you need to do right now. You can do that right away. It will give you access to all the applications. It will give you access to all your information, your record of employment and electronic version of it will be on there. So it it will just make things easier. I mean, do not try to do anything on paper at this point. Everything has to be done online. And the My Account, which you can get through the CRA website, you just apply for an individual My Account because most people are just going to be individual filers, not, um, not business. They're not businesses. Uh, that is going to get you what you need. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit, Bo, about businesses, about self-employed individuals, because this sure, is where. Yeah. So th- uh, that's that's you, right? Yeah, that's me. Um, that's a lot of my colleagues. <laughs> yeah. know, many of us work freelance. We have a, exactly. a GST HST number. We file, we know we we invoice people and we charge them that that GST HST whatever whatever applies, and um, then we remit our um our expense our um we remit to the CRA whatever whatever we've collected in 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 HST, HST and we also yeah. pay our taxes that way so um 
if you are self-employed and uh, you have been collecting income in that way and you have never paid into the EI system, then the Canada Emergency Response Benefit is your only route. And it says it's going to pay you $2,000 monthly up to four months. So that's going to get you uh, four months from whenever you apply and you can continue to apply for it uh, until October uh, like four months before October 3rd. So if you don't need it right now, you could wait a few months. You could wait, you could wait for May. Uh, so in October 3rd would be, um, September, August, July, and June. So up until June 3rd, you can get that full four month benefit. So, and all you have to do is have made at least $5,000 last year, right? To qualify for this. Like you have to have had worked. Yes. You have had to have worked. So that's another thing. If you haven't filed your taxes for last year, which I really hope that's not the situation, <laughs> but if you haven't, you need to do that in order to qualify for anything. That's um, right. you don't, if you don't file your taxes, the government doesn't doesn't know what to do with you because they don't know what your financial situation is. So $5,000 minimum last year that you earned um, and that you are making zero income. So basically, say you're Say you're a house cleaner and all your clients have told you don't come and they don't, they're not paying you. That would be an example of you having zero income. You're not making any money whatsoever. And so you need to apply for this to get you through the next four months um, and use that money to pay whatever expenses you have. So do we know that for sure that it's not like I lost half of my clients because of this or half of my work like that? You know that if there's any nuance there? So from what I understand, the emergency response benefit is for those people making zero money. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, good to know. I, I, I suppose, um, yeah, I mean, that's tough though. If that's the case for people who are just like, I only have one client left or something. Yeah. So if you have, if that's your situation, I would still say, you know, apply. Yeah, apply. yeah, yeah I, apply, I'm not discouraging right? people to apply, but from what I've heard is you have to be making uh, no money. Um, yes, just be ready, ready to be declined, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like apply if you feel like you, you qualify, but you know, if you're, you're still getting some money, then you may not. Yeah. And then you may just, uh, you may just, um, if, if that's the situation and you're not self-employed, you may just, uh, if you've been paying into the EI system, regular EI may for maybe, maybe for you. Yesterday I got a call from a friend, her dad, um, his hours have been cut back dramatically. So, you know, obviously he works 40 hours a week. He's a construction worker. I think he's a roofer actually. And um, the company's basically said, we're only doing 20 hours a week. So the advice I gave her, now remember, I am not a financial advisor. This is more on a personal level. But what I told her was that her dad should recognize two things. One is that, is it worth it for him to go to work for those 20 hours? I mean, is he putting his health and safety at risk? Mm. Um, If he says it's worth it and he feels his, his employer is taking all the precautions, the other thing is, is he going to make more than $573 a week? Because if he is, then, you know, from a financial perspective, it makes sense for him to go and and work and and not have to claim EI because EI is at the max 573. doesn't matter what you made. If you made $400,000, if you apply for EI, you're still only getting 573 a week. And the other thing is, is that, and this is more... This is, I think this is more of a, you have a case by case basis. You have to recognize that companies may see that as loyalty at the end. When things get back to normal, they may see the people who were willing to go in and continue to support the business as being more loyal employees and give them more hours back than maybe someone who decided that they didn't want to come in. But I don't want that to be a deciding factor, but that these are all choices. Like, yeah, like, cause if you feel at risk, you know, you should be able to do this without 
penalty. It's I I I mean it's not a good comparison, but it's similar to you taking a uh, you know parental leave, for example, right? You can't be punished for that, right? What about this? And this is a hundred percent true. I mean, um, if you take parental leave, g- companies are not allowed to punish you, but human beings are human beings, and That's so you it. need to oh, recognize okay. you need to recognize the person that you work for and the way they're sure. going to react to what you are asking of them. And Fair so, enough, yeah. you know, it, like it is with parental leave, I hear even anecdotally, I could never do that. It would be a career killer. A lot of men have said that. It, I could not take six weeks off after my partner has a child because people would think that's ridiculous. And that is I've, not, I've heard that too. You're right. And that is not anything to do with what your rights are. It has nothing to do with the way that that's, that, that, you know, parental leave is set up. It's just the way that human beings are with other human beings. And so this is a time when we really need to use our emotional intelligence and think about how is this going to uh, play out for me in the long term? And I know that I guess- that's unfair question. Sorry, go on. No, no, that you're you're right. It's it's very it's really seems unfair, but it, it's similar to what they were saying about when everybody was like, let's not pay rent, right? Um, you know, sure, and and I think I don't I forget if the rules are now that uh, you don't have to if you can't afford it, uh, but either way, um, the idea of not paying rent is more than just like uh, somebody's going to be able to evict me. It's like the relationship with your landlord too. Exactly. And if you have a good relationship and you're able to pay, then you can go ahead and pay. Or if you have a good relationship and you're unable to pay, rather than putting your foot down in the ground and saying, I'm not going to pay because of what's going on and I feel like you know I shouldn't have to, have a conversation with them. Talk yes. to them and say, uh, you know, my hours have been cut back or I've lost my job. What can we do to work it out between the two of us? Because a lot of people have individual landlords. I mean, you might work for, uh, you might uh, rather live in a building that's managed by a big property company. Uh, if that's the case, then maybe call your property manager who you've been dealing with on, you know, when you first apply for the, the rental apartment, you have to fill out an application. Who's that person that you dealt with? So I think it's really important for us to uh, not get too caught up in what are my rights and what is the government saying I can do, but also to manage your relationships so that at the end of this, you're able to still have a good relationship with that person because we're all, like I said in the beginning, we're all stressed out. We're all worried about, you know, what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen with our jobs, what's going to happen with our ability to go out there and make money. Yeah. And I guess we could take the opportunity to, to like, for example, uh, personally, I'm very lucky I can do my whole job from home. And it sounds like you're still able to do most of your stuff uh, remotely. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a few emails uh, from a some places that I write saying that they're going to scale back a little bit. So if they sure. took, okay. Okay. if they took two pieces from me a month before, now they're saying they're going to take one, but by and large, I'm okay because you know, I have an emergency fund. Uh, I, we are a dual income family. My husband's work has not been affected in any way. Uh, in fact, he's busier than ever. And um, so we, I'm not worried about that in particular, but you know, that could, you know, that, that same company that's saying now I'm taking one article a month could turn into, I'll take one article every two months. I'll take one article every quarter. I mean, things could slow down for, for us. It's not just about what's happening today. It's what, what's really going to happen over the next 18 months. Well, it's, it's uh, been happening with my uh, uh, counseling clients as well. I, I'll book, I'll like reschedule them for say next week, uh, you know, and tell them it's going to be by video. And they're like, yeah, fine. I, you know, I'm gonna work all day. And then by the time we get to the appointment, they've been laid off, right? 
So it's really hard. You know, we don't even know how long this is going to, we might feel safe um, temporarily, but we, we really don't know. Right. Yeah. And this, you know, say you apply for the the Canada emergency response benefit and you get $2,000 a month and that's enough to get you through your, your day to day. Um, and you're able to talk to your landlord and they're, they're really being good about it and saying, okay, you pay when you can afford to, yeah. and you're able to, you know, do all the right things. Say it's just like a perfect scenario for you. It's only four months. So what happens then? What, you know, I think that's something that we need to prepare ourselves for is that the economy that we had, uh, you know, in February of 2020 is not the economy that we're going to go back to when all of this is over. And, um, you know, there was a lot of hype about how how much the stock market was going up, how everybody was working, how unemployment was at a record low. And I think we need to now adjust to the new reality, which is going to be the stock market's not doing well. And unemployment is definitely not going to be at a record low. And many people who might have enjoyed really big salaries may not be able to command that um, when this is all over. So so what did what do they do? Really? What, what, what can we do in this situation? So I think, um, so I think we need to really take care of our, uh, emotional and mental health at this point, because mm. a lot of, uh, we might make rash decisions because we're feeling, we're feeling really vulnerable. Um, one thing I like going back to the beginning is that we are all in this together and it, it is a, it is a short term pain. Definitely. It's not like we're going to be in isolation forever. It's not like we're going to be in this situation forever. So whatever you need to do to get through this time, you do it. Whether it's apply for these benefits, whether I hate to say this, you got to take a loan to buy groceries, whether you need to put your foot down with your landlord and say, I cannot afford to pay rent for you. I just think keep communications open with your employer, with your landlord. Um, if If your employer has told you you can work from home, honestly work from home. Don't make this as like a lot of people are taking this as a, you know, time off or a vacation to just be with family, which is great, but keep your employer understanding how valuable you are. The last thing you want to do is you're working from home and they don't really see you producing anything and they're thinking, well, why am I paying you? So when the layoffs come, you're the person that they think of to lay off. So that's just some, you know, big sister advice is like, keep yourself relevant. <laughs> no, it's good because if you work from home, not number one, you're getting paid, right? Uh, number two, you're seems less likely you're going to be sick or infect others if you're an asymptomatic carrier, for example. Uh, so it seems like overall it's protecting yourself, even if you might have the opportunity to go into an office uh, uh, by yourself or isolated from others, you know, why take that chance, right? Yeah. And a lot of companies are sending emails saying, we'll pay you X amount more if you go in. I guess danger pay is the way it's it's kind of being described. Uh, really think about what's That's what's tough. at stake before you say yes to them. Yeah. Really think about what's at stake. Well, yeah. Because I um, specifically, I think the if WeWork was one of them, right? Where they, because some, some companies like them need people in the spaces. Like they, they need it. But like, yeah, danger pay, I don't know. Yeah. You have to, I mean, there's so many layers to this. And I've also gotten questions from people who are on maternity leave and saying, well, my mat leave runs out in May. What do I do after? So, you know, the number one piece of advice I have is go to official sources. So go to places like the CRA, Canada.ca. It's pretty clearly laid out exactly all these emergency benefits that are available. 
The second thing is keep the lines of communication open with all the people that are affecting your financial situation, be it your landlord, be it your bank, be it your employer, so that they know what you're going through and they can then guide you as to the best of their ability of what, what can what can make everybody happy. And also understand that most of us, well, all of us are in this together and that there is definitely a national effort to make sure that people do not suffer financially at the end of this. Yeah, I mean, a, a global effort, but of course, uh, certain countries are dealing with it differently than others. So, so we, yeah, we look to, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit comforted by the prime minister's uh, speeches. Uh, I don't know, some others are bothered uh, by the, maybe the way he's presenting things, but, you know, I mean, we, we could be worse, right? We could be worse off. Yeah, I mean, even our you know, I live in Ontario, so even our Premier Doug Ford, um, I'm pretty impressed with the way that he's been clearly giving information, making himself available to the media, and taking, you know, a really tough stand on people who are not following um, just some basic rules. He just recently talked about how if you're, you know, if you're price gouging, then you're going to be punished for that. I think that's great that, you know, whether you're a small company or not, taking advantage of people and charging them 10 times more for a product is not right in this environment. And um, so I think all of our leaders on every level, municipal, yeah, premier, federal, I don't, you know, I don't envy their position. I don't, I think they've got the hardest job right now anywhere in the world. And um, they're dealing with their own anxieties too. I mean, they're dealing with the fact that the economy has completely been decimated in a matter of a couple of weeks and how they're going to recover from that. Yeah, what a what a time to be a, a politician right now. You know, it's it's like every move you make is being scrutinized. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a, like a little bit pleasantly surprised by the provincial response. Yes. Yeah, and I think that it's been, um, you know, some people have been complaining. Oh, why are the leaders coming out every day? Well, because that comforts us in knowing that they're every day telling us, even if they're not giving us new information. They're just letting us, reminding us of the things that we need to be aware of, telling us what we need to do to take care of ourselves, and letting us know that I'm not just forgetting that this is my job right now. That, you know, I think that that's great that all the the health leaders, you know, so, so the, the the chief medical officer of uh, health for Canada, for Ontario, and for uh, the different municipalities, all are making themselves available, and the the political leaders. I think that's a. I think this is what we need. I mean, people need information um, and they're making themselves available to provide that information. I think that that needs to continue. We cannot see them disappear. We need them in front so that we can feel good. What do you, um, I agree with all of that because uh, they all have different perspectives too, right? They all have different, their, their minds are in different places. Healthcare, for example, right? Like what's going on in the hospitals? What do they need, et cetera, right? I Meanwhile, Doug Ford would be, you know, more of a macro overall view of everything, right? Um, I'm curious what you think about uh, looking at Twitter uh, these days. Um, so my response is do whatever makes you feel good. Some people need to um, consume the news at every moment in order to understand what's going on. Some people need to shut it off and just get highlights. Uh, some people don't want to hear about it at all. And so whatever makes you feel better. Um, do watch how it's affecting your day-to-day emotions. Yeah. If you know, if you're on social media and on Twitter and it's making you, because a lot of people were getting angry about what other people were doing. 
Um, you know, if, if someone put online, oh, I'm going to still go to the grocery store every day. I don't really think that's a big deal. Like I'm going to wear a mask. mask. I'm, you know, there's a lot of debate about all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think everyone is doing their best. And yes, there are going to be rogue situations where you see a lot of people at a park and you get upset. But if that is, you know, we really need to take care of our care of ourselves. I think the powers that be are really clamping down. And so they're taking care of all of that. So just take care of yourself, the people in your home and the people around you and uh, try to stay connected. You know, we've heard this over and over again. We might be physically isolated, but that doesn't mean we're socially isolated. We can still connect with all of our friends and loved ones. In fact, I've, I don't know about you, Bo, but I've had like long video conversations with people that I don't even speak to on the phone on a regular basis. And it's been kind of nice to be able to do that. Yeah, it, it is nice to connect. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm actually seeing people online more than I ever have. I mean, of course, I'm spending all day talking to people uh, doing the counseling sessions online. Um, you know, it's it's a bit of a little bit of a video. <laughs> I'm getting in a bit of a haze at the end of the day. But you're right. It's it's connecting. We could, you could talk on the phone too. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jan Arden's got a great podcast, um, and I was listening to hers. Uh, she like she said she doesn't remember the last time she had a two hour phone conversation with anybody. You know, because she's like she's super busy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but she had one this week, and she's baking and all that kind of stuff. It's it's nice to l- listen to stories like that that are just trying to stay positive throughout all of this, right? Yeah, I think that's very, very good advice. And, you know, and taking advantage of the fact that for the first time in probably your adult life, you've got a lot of free time. You know, you might, even if you're still working from home, you've cut your commute out. So that in and of itself, you don't have to spend time getting ready and going to work. So use that time for something else if that's what makes you feel better. Yeah, for me, it's it's my spending more time with uh, baby Henry, all right, so that... Uh, well, because my wife's off of med school, so she's become primary uh, caregiver again. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, she should be doing it 24-7, of course, right? So mm-hmm. whatever commute time that I've gained is going to be dedicated to that as well as the time that I had before, of course, and even lunch. We can go have lunch together, right? Um, I can't go upstairs and have lunch with my, my baby uh, when I'm at the office and he's at daycare. So this is a unique opportunity to do that. I think that's lovely. Um, you know, Bo, I think this has been really great. Um, uh, sort of breaking down all of these uh, new benefits that are available for Canadians to get through this really unique time in our lives. Uh, I hope that we never have to do this again. But I think that the government is making money available and that we should understand how to apply for it. My best advice is get all the paperwork you possibly can in order. Get that My Account from the CRA website, you have to apply for it. Or not apply for it, you have to sign up for it, rather. So it, it's a process. So make sure you do that ahead of time. Don't do that in tandem with applying for those benefits. And uh, reach out to all the people that um, have some say in your personal finances, like those people I talked about, your employer, your landlord, your bank. Reach yeah, out to communication. them. Communication. That's, that's the, the what you said is so important. Just communicate. That's all. Like We can't do it in person, but we have a lot of ways to communicate alternatively now. So this has been a special episode of Dear Ruby, where we uh, got our questions through our own sources, through social media, through friends and family. 
Uh, you can always go to dearruby.com and submit your own question, whether it be about uh, these the emergency benefits, about how to manage money in this environment, what you should be doing with your investments, whatever it is, we'll try our best to answer it. And we're going to try to do this again, I think, Bo, uh, in yeah. the coming weeks. Yeah, let's, you know, let's, uh, while this is on, we, let's meet again at this time. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. And please go to dearruby.com and let us know what you think and if you have a question.